Welcome in Limestone Nation to episode number five of the Breaking the Rock podcast. I'm Michael Sanders, coordinator of social and digital media pool operator here at Limestone University. Alongside, as always, my gracious co-host, Jordan Perry, coordinator of media relations. How are we doing today, Jordan? We are back and we have a familiar face today. Uh, We're excited about it. He's helped us out in the past. And we got another good one here. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're sitting here September 30th. Normal, you know, it almost feels like normalcy to me because we're sitting here at the end of the summer, moving into October, and there's big baseball games going on right now. The World Series has started just yesterday uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, you know, it just started, and uh, I think it's only fitting that because of that we bring on a baseball player uh, to this podcast, and I, I think we found a good one. Like you mentioned, he's he's worked with our department a little bit over the past few years, and um, and his family is no stranger to limestone for sure. Um, he's had a brother that has come through the ranks of the limestone baseball program as well. Uh, but we're not going to talk about his brother unless he wants to. We're going to talk about him. And so right now we're going to bring on our catcher, number 33, Kyle Strovink. Kyle, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we thank you for joining us here. And, you know, the whole purpose of our podcast here is just to kind of get to know our student-athletes off the off the field. You know, you, you can obviously get to know someone through their stats, get to know them through their bio a little bit, but that's more their athletic prowess and their athletic, you know, things that they do there on the field. We want to get to know you as a person. So let's talk a little bit about – uh, what got you into baseball and kind of what got you into sports way back in the beginning? Yeah, as long as I can remember, I uh, had a baseball bat in my hand. My dad played uh, at LSU, and then he played professionally. So did my uncle. Um, he played 10 years in the major leagues, and wasn't really an option. I just, as soon as I uh, was born, it was a baseball bat in my hand. And uh, same with wrestling, too. I was on a wrestling mat as soon as I, uh, as soon as I could start walking, and sports has just been my life. So, you know, you mentioned already with your dad, and we were going to bring this up anyway, so it's good, good, uh, good parlay into it. But, you know, your dad played at, at LSU uh, in his collegiate career, also had a little bit of time in the, in the major league system um, with the Texas Rangers. You also mentioned that you had an uncle as well that was um, pretty, uh, pretty up there in the, in the major league system as well. Can you talk a little bit about those guys? Yeah, so they, uh, my dad's family actually took in my uncle from down the street, and they, they – um, they took care of him, and he ended up going on to play at LSU. And then a year later, my dad followed him. And then uh, they, my uncle ended up getting drafted by the Pirates, played 10 years. Uh, well, he played 10 years in the Major League system, and then I think it was maybe eight with the Pirates, played with Milwaukee for a little bit, the Orioles for a short stint, and then uh, the Nationals' first year as a team, he played with them. And then my dad played one year in the minor league system and then uh, ended up going into workforce after that. So how was that like growing up? I mean, like, I know that my earliest memories, I had a ball in my hand all the time. Like, you had uh, some professional athletes that you were looking up to. Were you always active? Were you always, like, you knew baseball was your sport? Yeah, absolutely. I knew uh, baseball was my sport. Um, I just, I was always super competitive. I always wanted, my brother's two years older, so I always wanted to beat him, beat his friends, and uh it was just it was a pride thing too i wanted to be like my dad and my uncle and i wanted to make that uh just, i want to be just like them so going through kind of your your formative years obviously you had some good baseball knowledge in the family um you had a good a good older brother to follow brennan was a great guy um played here at limestone as well we know him very well 
um, you know, was was first base coach for for the Saints for the past couple of years after he had a uh, career ending injury as well. Um, but you know, going through that and then moving into your high school years, uh, you obviously were really good at baseball. For, I mean, just looking at your your stats here and your accolades from from Rocky Point. I mean, all state, all American during your senior season, three years standout. You know, your county catcher of the year, gold glove winner, I mean, county title games, just uh, your accolades just speak for themselves. But what really made the difference, do you think, in your baseball career? Was it having the knowledge that you had in the family or was it your experiences on the field that you personally experienced growing up? Well, I mean, most people aren't blessed with the, the bloodlines I came from with my dad and my uncle and just being having them around. My dad is probably the best coach I've ever had he was the he really was encouraging where most people would think if your dad played at that level he wouldn't be encouraging but he knew he knows baseball is a game if you if you get a hit three out of ten times you're the man right so he just he knew that and understood that and he portrayed that to me and also having my brother there is the best he's the best teammate I've ever seen everybody's everybody you ask at Limestone knows that Brendan was probably the best teammate we had and I think that's the most important tool People talk about the five tools, and I think uh, that's the sixth tool and the most important tool is being a good teammate. Yeah, and Brennan was actually our winner of the uh, Tom Pettit Sportsmanship Award last year for everything that he has done um, for Limestone Baseball. And, you know, I I have a little experience with that as well. Me and my brother, uh, I was a freshman. He was a senior in high school. We were swimmers. We weren't baseball players. But, you know, having that experience of, of practicing with him in club the entire time and going up against him and being teammates with him, I can kind of feel that whole... Um, camaraderie side of things and really learning from him um, that that you had as well so moving into your your collegiate career a little bit um, explain to me how you ended up in South Carolina at USC Lancaster from Rocky Point New York this is gonna be good because I have no idea how that's possible (laughs) it was a recruiting was a crazy experience for me I committed to uh a school in Texas when I was in 11th grade. I was like 17, um, Lamar University. They were, um, when I was committed, they were actually ranked number one in the country for a certain period of time. They won like a 21-game win streak. My coach had uh, 1,300 wins, and uh, he ended up retiring. And the Brennan, my brother, who was there, t- also uh, hurt his back. So the two reasons I committed there, I uh, both were not there anymore. So I ended up going to um, Cochise College in Arizona. Had a bad experience with um, one of the coaches there, and I knew the place wasn't for me, and I couldn't do that for two years. So I ended up transferring. I talked. I called Brennan, told him about the experience, and he said, Coach Williams at Lancaster is known for being the nicest guy on the planet. This guy came up to me first day, and I went to go shake his hand. And it, was, it was shocking because I, uh, I wasn't expecting this. He looks at me in the eye and says, we don't do handshakes here. We do hugs. He told me he loved me. First day there, so it was awesome to play for him, and it was just a great experience. I'm happy I went there, and then – Right after that, Coach Wiley reached out to me about coming here, and I knew I wanted to play with my brother again, and I loved what I saw here. It's crazy because we talk about we've in the past, you know, when you go to a school on a campus and you're trying to figure out what college you want to go to, like when you know, you know. And so when you went out to Arizona, which from – I also went from the Northeast to Arizona, and it's a, you know, it's a big move, but – like, you know when it's your place that you're at, right? And so you, you knew that maybe it wasn't the right decision. And then you found a home. You found people who, like, really wanted you as a family. Um, tell us more about maybe, you know, how you went from point 
A in New York uh, to fitting in in South Carolina? Was it easy for you to make that transition? Um, you've been moving around a lot, so is it easy like to get from where you were to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I've been blessed with the greatest teammates on the planet. I love these guys here. It took me a little in the beginning, just get used to I mean, people in New York t talk to you a little different than they do down here, but I love it. Um, very blessed to have my brother the first two year, first three years to help me out and transition is awesome and coach wiley and rva have been treating me with nothing but respect and treating me like family coach wiley even asked me if i wanted to go there for easter because he knew i was stuck down here during quarantine what type of college coach does that that's like the greatest thing ever in my opinion it's family absolutely and you know so you know in your in your juco days back at lancaster you you had the opportunity to, to play against limestone too and you, you did us dirty <laughs> you had two hits and three rbis when you came here and uh and beat our jv team of course back in in march of 2017 um so you had some experience already on the field that you were going to compete at for the rest of your collegiate career and uh you've, you've done some good things here as well too i mean you had just in your in your sophomore year, 308 batting average, home run, 429 on base percentage, just all kinds of crazy stats already, man. And you just you're making a making a name for yourself here. Uh, what really made the difference? Do you think between your performances in high school and your performances in college? Obviously, you were a good high school player. You're a great college player. What's the biggest difference that you realized between high school and college? Yeah, I mean. Uh the pitching's a lot better in college, so it took me a second to adjust, and uh, it, making sure I'm confident is going to be the biggest thing for me. I, I had a lot of confidence in high school, and it took me a little bit to gain that back, and I've, last year, near, near the end of the year, I started to really feel it again, that I was a, that was a good player, and I need to, I, that's a big thing for me, I need to keep that confidence, and that's, that's what makes me perform well. Now, last year, of course, you're coming off a year that you did not get to play. And this is where, you know, me and, and Ernest in our office really got to know you a little bit because you ended up coming into the press box and working with us and, and working for us and doing some stuff for us, so the scoreboard and music and everything like that during the games. Uh, but you didn't play during 2019 due to an injury. Take us through a little bit about what that injury was, how it happened, and then a little bit about kind of the recovery process that you had to go through to get back to where you are now. Yeah, so I, uh, I had a good fall that fall going into the 2019 season. I, f I was feeling really good, uh, and uh, obviously I, I want to work harder. So I got home, and I was working out a ton, and I, I felt like I tweaked my chest a little bit. And then a couple of days later, I, went, uh, I did a bench press, and on the way down I heard it pop, and I could feel my chest hang and blood rush to my arm. And so I went to the doctor the next week and turned out I tore my pec major. And then uh, I had to get surgery, and it, it, I was in a sling for four months, I believe. And then I had a long time um, rehab I had to go through. And then uh, so then it, it, it was definitely adjustment coming back from that during the fall. Seeing live pitching again definitely took me a little bit to feel good. And I, even throughout the season, I felt like I, I wasn't completely where I was before surgery. But I'm feeling 100% again. Uh, I feel stronger than ever, and uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, and, you know, we, we've had a few people on that have experienced injuries so far. Um, it seems to kind of be a little bit of a, a common trend so far, and not not on purpose. Um, you know, our, our first, our second episode was kind of on purpose. Uh, we had Jarrett Malone on, who had suffered a, uh, a three-story fall, and Oof. we know he didn't think he was ever going to play volleyball again. Um, but one of the things that he talked about, and one of the things that pretty much everyone who's experienced injuries have talked about, is kind of the resiliency that you get mentally and physically coming back from an injury like that. Did you kind of experience the same thing? Yeah, definitely. I felt like I had something to prove coming back also. 
I just wanted to prove that I could still do it. And I don't want baseball to end to anybody that says they want to, they don't want to play professional baseball is probably lying to you, you know. Uh, I want to take this injury, use it to better me, make me a stronger player and a stronger head and uh, just become a better man because of it. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned uh, yeah, no one ever wants to not play professionally. I think that's pretty true across all sports. Baseball seems to be one of those that uh, it, it always takes a little bit longer for your name to get recognized. If you look at, for example, I was watching the Twins yesterday, which hurt me a lot um, because <laughs> we ended up losing. But <laughs> There's a lot of hurt there. <laughs> there, there, was, there was a lot of hurt with <laughs> the Twins and, and playoff baseball. Um, but I was looking at one of the pitchers that came in, one of the relief pitchers in Duffy, and you know he was drafted in 2012 and was just making his Major League debut uh, last year. You know, so he was through the minors for almost seven years before he made the big show. Um, you know, and, and that's something that a lot of a lot of baseball players at the collegiate level would love to be minor league players, would love to be major league players. What's your ultimate goal if when you're speaking professional baseball? Would you be okay with the minor leagues? Do you want to be on one of the big teams? Where, where are you kind of thinking with that? I mean, obviously, I, I think uh, I would love to be a major league baseball player. But if things don't work out, then so be it. But I'm going to keep trying my hardest and trying to make that happen. But if it doesn't happen, it, that's, uh, that's life, right? So, you know, backup plan. If that doesn't happen with baseball, you are um, a management and business administration and management major. So maybe take us through some of the things that you'd like to do otherwise if it doesn't work out. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I love baseball. Like I was saying, it was in my, uh, it's in my blood. I, I would love to coach in college. I think that'd be a great thing. I've seen, I've been through it now. It's my fifth year in college baseball. I see the lifestyle, and I think it, it's awesome, and I want to help kids. I coached this summer for the first time, 14-year-olds, uh, and it was a blast. I saw the difference I was making in these kids' lives, and that was so satisfying. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, coaching is definitely one of those experiences. Um that, that can definitely be life-changing. When I first got out of college and kind of every summer when I was with college, I also was coaching swimming um, back home, summer league teams, you know, the, the formative years of these kids, you know, six to, six to 17. And uh, those were some of the best experiences I've had as well. Now, last year, of course, um, cut short due to, to COVID-19. And you were, you were on a pretty good tear so far. You know, 282, two home runs, 12 RBIs. You had to only play, I think it was 25 or 30 games, um, if I remember correctly, before that March date that knocked everybody out. Um, What went through your mind that day that coach said, look, guys, season's done? Yeah, I was – it was weird. I knew we were supposed to play that weekend, and then uh, we it was the first time we were allowed to play uh, wear shorts to practice, and uh, music was playing the whole time, which we never do. So I was like, all right, something's up here. This isn't uh, this isn't normal. Then we got uh, got the email that we weren't playing that weekend, and we kind of put it together, seeing all the NCA stuff, and I really didn't know how to feel. It felt surreal. Like I didn't really know what to expect, how where to go from there, and I just knew like. This this wasn't just a lime something. I knew like the world was changing at this time. I was just had to try to handle as best as I could, keep so, working. Yeah. So what did you do? Did you call your family and tell your parents? Did you, you know, maybe like you know talk to your friends and teammates about it? Like if, be like, what's going on here? Or like what was what was the move? Yeah, I, I called my parents right away. Um, and then we ended up all hanging out the team that night and getting together because we realized some we didn't know that everybody's gonna get the red shirt, so we probably thought it was we knew everybody's gonna go home we were like this is gonna be the last time we see some of these guys because we get players from all around the country so mm-hmm. 
it was a uh, it was pretty sad you know it wasn't wasn't a happy hangout you know it was it was something yeah and that you know that that hits everybody pretty hard uh, we had Reagan McCray on our first episode who was you know at NCAA tournament when they got the news they were supposed to play the next day um, you know softball was on the road they were on the bus when they got the news it's just I, I you know we mentioned in the first episode I I don't know what I would have even felt like as a as an athlete at that time getting that news we hated the news because that meant we were basically uh without something to do for the next two months as sports information people we didn't have any games to stat we didn't really have any releases to write we were we were kind of all up in in the air and all right what do we do now <laughs> kind of stuff um so it, it was a crazy time and and it's it's good now that everything's kind of getting a little bit back to normalcy um just came out that uh, you know basketball is going to be starting here in the next month and a half. Um, spring schedules yeah. just released um, for our fall sports to play in the spring, so our soccer's, our football, and everything. Um, we haven't seen our spring schedules yet, but uh, we're confident. Obviously, if the fall sports are playing in the spring, well, the spring sports are going to play <laughs> in the spring. It wouldn't make any sense to do it any other way. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a rough time for everybody, and uh, so we're looking forward to seeing you back out on the field. But as I mentioned in the intro, we're, we're looking to get to know Kyle Strovink a little bit off the field. So we're going to start asking some crazy questions. And we're going we're gonna to get to know you for, for some things that people may not know. And uh, I look forward to learning some things. Jordan looks forward to learning some things. And hopefully our listeners at home get, uh, look forward to learning some things about you. So I gave you this prompt beforehand just to let you, you know, kind of marinate it in a little bit because it's not an easy thing to do. Well, you cheat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do to just come up with these kind of stuff off the top of your head. Um, so, so we asked you kind of to think about three things that most people don't know about Kyle Sturbing. Um I would love to be in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest someday. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. That's love the it. dream for me. Joey Chestnut's the goat, though, so I'm not going to argue. He would destroy me. I'll admit that. Um, okay, so how many could you get to? How many could I get through? Some of those old people are on a pretty slow pace, and I think I could keep up with them, you know? You could probably down 12, 13, and probably beat some of them out there. Yeah, there's some, there's some like, old people eating, like, the low 20s, and I think I could destroy them. Oh, yeah. But uh, number two, um, I love cannolis. Um, number three, wrestling is actually my favorite sport. Oh, okay, okay. Now, do you you said you did a little bit of wrestling when you were younger. Uh, did you do any of that through high school or anything? Yeah, I uh, I wrestled my freshman year of high school, and then I popped my shoulder out. So I decided ba- I was a little bit better at baseball, so I was going to do that instead. And then junior year of high school, I saw that they lost in the county championship by uh, a 195-pounder. Didn't fare too well. So I was like, you know what, coach, I'm wrestling next year, and then – he made me stick to my word, so I ended up doing it again. I, uh, I ended up going. I was a league finalist, and then uh, I, I beat a couple kids that ended up being all county and all state. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Wrestling is like a sport of its own. It, the training that goes into it, you know, oh, I've yeah. had friends that have been wrestlers, and the grind that they go through in practice just to get ready uh, to compete. You know, that's a lot. So were you able to, you know, take those lessons and maybe the discipline? And translate that to baseball. Was it, you know, baseball is a lot easier, maybe not as demanding as wrestling. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I just knew my work ethic had to always improve because what, even if I had to do the greatest baseball workout on the planet, it's not a tenth as hard as any wrestling practice I ever went through. So from what I've heard, that's I true. Always, yeah, I always make sure I push myself hard. Now, if we're talking about hard practices, um, 
I, I know for a fact that you took a certain class here at Limestone um, <laughs> that, that may, may or may not be titled Swimming and Water Safety. Um, and maybe you had a pretty good teacher in that. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. That's <laughs> debatable. But yeah, I, I agree. It was me, by the way, <laughs> in, in case you didn't pick up on that. Um, how would you rate swimming on the level of hardness from baseball, wrestling, swimming, and any other sport you may have you know, just dabbled in out there? Physically, it's probably harder than baseball. Um, but uh, – Baseball is probably, uh, m- like, mentally one of the hardest sports just because, like I was saying before, if you get hit three out of ten times, you're a great player. But uh, wrestling is by far the hardest physical thing I've ever had to do. I concur. I concur. I, you know, I, I can't say I've ever wrestled competitively, but I had two older brothers growing up, so naturally yeah. we wrestled. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> um, so, again, getting to know you a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some people that may have had an impact on you, not necessarily that you know, um, but you know if you if you had to pick one player or maybe one coach that you've kind of emulated your game after, or kind of emulated your your thought processes after, if it was a coach, uh, who who do you think that would be? Um, well, my favorite player ever is David Wright. I mean, that guy carried himself the right way, and same with Derek Jeter. Even though I'm not a Yankees fan. Derek Jeter did everything the right way. They are total role models of how you should act, treat the media, and all aspects of the game and life they handled the right way. But um, Coach Ashantino from Rocky Point was uh, a great influence on me as a baseball player. He instilled confidence in me, and he had unwavering trust in me, and that that took a long way for me, and it meant a lot to me. I think we're going to have to uh, send this recording to um, every newspaper in New York that we just had a Mets fan claim that Derek Jeter is one of his favorite players. <laughs> alert, <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah. Traitor, traitor. <laughs> send, out, send out the Twitter trolls. It's going to happen. Um, so let's say, uh, obviously, family is, is a big part of, of your career growing up. If you had to think of one sentence or maybe, you know, one word, one phrase, one sentence that describes your family, what would that be? One word. Well, blessed. I've been... Yeah, I've been super lucky. Even my grandparents, the greatest people I've ever met, and my my mom. I, I didn't give her enough credit today, but she's the greatest woman on the planet. And uh, I was so lucky to have my dad, my brother, and my little sister too. It's just super lucky. I came from a great situation. And so, thinking about you know again having uh, impact, a lot of uh, student athletes and a lot of people growing up nowadays tend to have favorite quotes that they they live by or or that have impacted them in their lives um you know i talked about a few episodes ago about uh one of one of my quotes that have always kind of hit me hard uh is you know to live in the moment live in now uh take out the trash and 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 be present in in this moment um do you have any quotes like that that kind of have impacted you or that kind of stick with you yeah and uh high school our wrestling singlets had a wit on the back which meant whatever it takes I try to apply that to everything, uh, even schoolwork. I know if, I, if I'm a little behind, you still do whatever it takes to get it done. Same with the, the baseball field and anything in life, basically. And you brought up, you know, school. So we should mention, as well as your athletic accomplishments, you're a 2020 Academic All-Conference Carolinas member. You were on the Conference Carolinas Presidential Honor Roll, you know, two times. So school means a lot to you. Your education means a lot to you. So it's not just the success on the field, but it's in the classroom too. You take that seriously, right? Oh yeah. I'm super competitive. I want to beat my friends in everything I do. And uh, that applies to grades also. So if you could, if you could learn one thing 
whether whether it be an activity, whether it be a a field of study or, or, or anything like that. If you had to learn one new thing that you don't know how to do right now, what would it be? Art of making money. Art of okay. making money. That is a business major <laughs> for you. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, now, um, if, if you got some uh, some time, I'd like to sell you some oceanfront property down in Arizona. Yeah. And uh, we can get this done. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, okay, so go, going back to family here a little bit, um, you know, growing up, obviously as, as a middle child here, um, middle children tend to, uh, what is it, uh, break the rules that your older siblings have made but really don't get too much trouble for it. Was there anything that you ever kind of got in trouble for when you were growing up that really kind of sticks out? Um, yeah, I probably just uh, trying to like hit my ba- brother with a bat or something, you know. Just, he bullied me a little bit. When I was a little kid, when we got older, he was awesome. But, yeah, no, I definitely uh, took it a little further than he did. I can understand that. Yeah, me and my brother had issues growing up too, but then <laughs> when we were when we were older, we, we we get along great now. We get along perfectly fine nowadays. Um, so let's let's wrap this up here a little bit. We're we're kind of reaching our our goal mark, which is is always good. And the last thing that I I want to do here is let's say let's say you you you're taking your girlfriend home to family dinner for the first time. What's the quote-unquote embarrassing story or that first story that your mom's going to sit there and say oh yeah it, it's kind of like the baby picture thing you know where they show the baby pictures as soon as you get there what's the one story that your mom's going to be like oh well kyle did this when he was younger this that's is how you put someone on the spot <laughs> yeah that's, that's a tough one that's a hard predicament to put in right there um my mom always does show the baby pictures and there's a lot of i'm a very messy eater so she likes to bring <laughs> that up and i always spill drinks no matter where we go i I knocked down the the, uh, the drink on the table every time, and then uh, my mom loves to show this picture of when I was uh, eating breakfast when I was a little kid, and there's syrup all over my face, and I just spiked up my hair with it, and she loves that picture and that story. See, that's perfect. That's exactly kind of the, ex- uh, yeah. the expectation yeah. I wanted off of that. <laughs> Some people use hair gel. Other people use syrup. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, you know, messy eater. My little sister, her first birthday, uh, she fell asleep in her birthday cake. So it's, it's, it's things <laughs> like that. Those are the kind of stories that you want to have. Um, but you know, Kyle, we thank you for, for joining us here for, for our, this episode. And, uh, I think we certainly got to know you a little bit <laughs> yeah. better than we did before. Yeah. This one was fun. I like that. So again, thank you for, for joining us, Kyle. And, uh, we hope you the best of luck here in the fall when practices are, are going and best of luck in the spring when, uh, games get going again as well. Thank you so much for having me. I want to give you guys a special thank you. I did, like they mentioned before, I worked in press box that year and it's been, uh, you guys have treated me nothing but nothing but respect ever since I met you guys, and it's been such a great experience. I've been so lucky to be a part of this. Oh, we appreciate that as well. We yeah, appreciate yeah, we that appreciate well. your help a lot too. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. You've been very valuable to us. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get you to to work for us in the spring, and everything works out schedule wise. Absolutely. Um, but again, thank you for joining us for episode number five of the Breaking the Rock podcast. You can find this podcast on www.golimestonesaints.com backslash podcast. Also, go to golimestonesaints.com for all your news and notes on Limestone University Athletics. Podcasts also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify.